What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. We can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. Nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. We look to the future but embrace our past. We study. We analyze. We race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. Through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection, we learn. How to make product for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
25 Molo here from Drumball. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Bread, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Justified Cultures, Traction MXC Covers, and Moto Ice Wrap. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than Donnie Emler Jr. himself. Lil D, what's up? Hey man, this is uh, this is awesome. Thanks for uh, letting me be a part of it. Uh, you know, it's it's Thursday and and it's a thirsty Thursday. I'm ready to uh, get this over with so we can go drink some beers for Thirsty Thursday. Absolutely, Thirsty Thursday it is, and uh, that, I think that's going to be on the on the the menu for uh, after my workout. I got to work out after this, but definitely some Thirsty Thursday beverages after that. But uh, Donnie, it's been a long time coming. Uh, the two of us met for the first time a good three years ago, uh, right before Anaheim 2. Uh, you gave me, you were able to give me a tour on your birthday of the, uh, the, the flying machine factory factory where, uh, where the exhaust systems from FMF are, uh, are built. And, uh, that was awesome. Great to talk to you again, my friend. It's been, uh, it's been far too long. Yeah, I appreciate it for sure. And, you know, we love having people stop by checking out our manufacturing facility. You know, when we say, you know, FMF is born and bred here in, in California, and, you know, we're still here in, in Southern California where we produce everything in-house, and it's kind of a, a stamp of approval for, for our products, you know, that uh, knowing that uh, when you purchase something from us, you know, it's handmade right here in our factory. We don't ship anything out uh, to have anything done. Everything's uh, produced right here from raw material. So, I mean, that's uh, something you can kind of hang your hat in, on, and especially here in California these days, they make it really tough to do you know, have a business. Um, so it's, uh, it's been a good story, a good journey. Um, you know, I'm getting a little older, but, uh, I'm slowly creeping up on, on the old man and he's still here hard at work, uh, you know, every day and still, still comes in every Saturday. It's, uh, I think something a lot of people might know or might not, but you know, how hard of a worker he is. I mean, you don't get to a point in your life like he has without, you know, the hard work and determination and the love for, for the sport. And, uh, so now that I have a little kid, you know, a little little Emma running around, you know, it's just something that, you know, it's been instilled in me, and I can't wait to uh, to pass that along for sure. For sure, and you've got the third generation, uh, and probably by, by now he's he's a he's a little person. Uh, I remember when he was first born; that was uh, tons of pictures floating around. But uh, like you said, when uh, when I showed up to the, the flying machine factory. Um, for, at the very beginning, I, I was looking at completed, uh, completed 
exhaust systems totally ready to be shipped off and uh, and bolted up to uh, the latest and greatest or maybe even a, uh, a throwback machine. And as you went all the way to the back of, of the factory, you literally had rolls of raw aluminum and, and titanium sitting there uh, ready to be turned into something. It's amazing to see uh, the the... The raw materials literally just roll forward, and uh, as it comes down the line or as it comes from station to station, you guys uh, turn it into something pretty special. That's important yeah, to you. Yeah, I think it is, and I think it'd be a lot easier if it was like the Jetsons where you could put like a piece of metal in one end and it would come out as a full exhaust pipe. That'd be amazing, but unfortunately, that's not the way it works, and there's a lot of pieces that go into making a four-stroke pipe, and I think that's... Uh, you know, something that people don't really understand because, you know, the, the price of four-stroke product um, is dramatically uh, a little bit increased versus, you know, the, the good old two-stroke pipe. Um, and the main reason for that is that there's just a lot more small pieces that need to be made, whether, um, you know, it's the end cap or the strap bracket, you know, the aluminum mount. I mean, there's just a lot of smaller pieces that have to go into finally assembling it. Um, but you know what? We love, uh, we love you know, producing everything here and the uh, – you know, we still make a lot of two-stroke pipes, and it's kind of making a, you know, somewhat of a, a little bit of a comeback. You know, the two-stroke market's always been great, uh, you know, especially in the, the off-road world and with companies like uh, KTM and, and Husqvarna, just nonstop development on two-stroke machines. You know, it's a, it's a good, you know, it's a good thing to see that uh, that our sport's kind of going in a direction where, you know, it doesn't have to be just all about expensive four-stroke motorcycles. It can, you can still go out and have a ton of fun on a two-stroke. Um, so, you know, that's that's key and you know what my dad and, and Laporte still ride and you know when I ride off road I have my two stroke and I just love it. Absolutely. Every single time that we see you out there enjoying yourself on the 73 machine, uh, it smiles ear to ear and uh, possibly because it's usually a, it's usually also a thirsty Thursday on those days. Uh, but uh, or even it could be a thirsty Wednesday. Uh, but um, <laughs> Like how how often do you get out and uh, you you yourself get to see a guy like Daniel Laporte ride on uh, say at least like a, a bi monthly basis um, and that guy went all the way from racing uh, Trans AMAs uh, becoming becoming the second uh, American to win a uh, a World GP title and I believe the 125 class about a, about seven days after uh, after Brad Lackey did it. Um, like, does that guy still rip? Does he still have the fire for it? And uh, do you still have some skills? Because uh, last time I heard uh, you, you uh, were, were talking about a Loretta Lynn's comeback. You know what I did? Uh, well, first of all, I did race Loretta Lynn's in 2013, and uh, I did it once. I said I wanted to do it. I want to go there, check it out. I want I wanted to race it. Unfortunately, it downpoured the entire time. And being from California, I'm not the best mud rider. But uh, all in all, you know, it's an experience, uh, to say the least. And, you know, it's a blast going back there. And, I, you know, I love going back to uh, Loretta's every year just to hang out with the families and our riders. Um, on the Dane Laporte subject, I mean, the guy is an animal still. He, uh, he doesn't ride, you know, so much motocross anymore. But him and my dad, especially this winter in California, was really great because we actually finally got a ton of rain. So literally, like, it was raining multiple days a week, and we, we – uh, we're actually having like flooding versus uh, droughts every day, but uh, so they uh, they were going about two to three days a week, and you know my dad's uh, he'll be 66 this June, and uh, you know man it's it's really really hard to keep up with him. He has so much energy, and he's such like a little kid when he goes to ride. It's like literally like he does not stop riding until there's no gas in his tank. Like he will not be satisfied if they got back to the truck a little early. 
and he still has gas, he's going to go burn that gas out just ripping around the truck until he loads it up. Like, he is not saying no to a good time. For sure. I, I th- that's a, a, a thing that's I've definitely been instilled in you, as well as uh, his work ethic. And you mentioned that earlier. Uh, is that something that uh, is not only uh, something that kind of, I wouldn't say comes naturally, but it's one of the things that your dad definitely dr- drove into you hard and fast early in, in your life, as well as something that you take pride in, in the fact that uh, you guys work super hard at, at, at a Developing and innovating uh, exhaust systems for uh, for the for the masses to use, but uh, when it, when it comes time to play, you, you you play just as hard. I think that's the balance of life, you know. I mean, I think uh, you work hard, you play hard, and it sounds maybe cliche, but I mean, I think uh, the harder harder the that you work and you put in you put in your time and you feel, you know, like you got your job done that day or you know for the month and you, you want to go have some fun go have some fun we we and get to enjoy that by riding our dirt bikes and hanging out with the family and friends but you know i think it i think it is it's obviously something that starts from from a young age and you know i love coming to my dad's shop i mean that's how i got my my nickname uh, little d is just because we had the same name and you know i'd be running around the shop you know all day whether it was like skateboarding through or or doing playing with a welding torch like you know, and, and I always ask him like, Hey, you know, what can I do? Like, I want to, I want to do something. So like, I just remember like earliest I can remember is like eight years old. And he's like, you put stickers on these silencers. So I just like sat there for like four hours putting stickers on silencers. I thought it was the coolest job in the world for like the first hour. And then by hour four, when you're eight years old, you're like, what the heck? And and he's like, Hey, you said you wanted to do it. You're going to finish this out, you know? So, um, you know, I think it's just that, I think it's, you know, the upbringing and, you know, I got to see my dad have a lot of fun, but, you know, by having fun, he was able to, to, to work really hard and, and he still does. Like I said, I mean, he's a madman when it comes to work. I don't think there's anyone in this industry that works as hard as him. And it's, uh, it's a pretty special thing. Like, you know, you think most people, you know, with a company like FMF, you know, they might think, uh, you know, he's on a, a yacht somewhere and enjoying his time, but he'd really rather be here in his big garage. And, um, you know, he started, in a, in a garage. And when I, when I was, my youngest memories is actually him living in his shop. Um, he built, he built an upper deck on, on his small little, you know, 4,000 square foot shop that he had. And he was actually living there. And I, you know, as a little kid, I, I didn't know any different. I thought, you know, that's where, that's where dad lives. And, uh, you know, so it's just, it's crazy that when you, when you look back and in my, you know, I'm only 36, but, you know, just to see where the companies come in that short amount of time, I mean, it's, one of the older companies in our sport, you know, we've been around since 1973 and next year it'll be 45 years. And uh, to see him just still have the same amount of passion that he did when he started the company. I mean, that's, that's something that's pretty rare. That it is, absolutely, and it, se- it seems like he's definitely passed that passion on to yourself. And uh, the, the next thing that I wanted to bring up to you, or maybe that you can uh, kind of clue us in on, is is the culture uh, that is uh, FMF and uh, like just the, the branding, as well as when you when you purchase a, an FMF product, whether that be a, an exhaust system, a full exhaust system, or a slip-on, you feel like you're you're entering uh, an exclusive club. Same same way when you build when you buy or uh, you get like a Troyly Designs uh, painted mm-hmm. helmet or something like that. You feel like uh, you, like you're, you're part of this exclusive club and it is, it's like this unifying thing. How do you achieve that and how do you maintain it? You know, that's, that's the hard thing. I think, um, you know, there's so much history and roots and heritage to this brand that, you know, it's really easy to focus on, you know, 
a championship that we may maybe just won in, in Vegas, you know, with, with Zach Osborne. And it's easy to focus on, you know, winning, winning, winning and racing and everything like that. But then when you got to go back and you're like, you know, how do we sell product to just the average guy that's never going to race in his life? He just wants to go ride with his family in the desert. You know, and I think that's where like FMF does a really good job at, you know, branding ourselves as like the people's company. Like I feel like, you know, when someone puts an FMF t-shirt on or, you know, an exhaust system on their bike, it kind of verifies that like, you know, Hey, we ride, you know, we, and we love it. And it's kind of showing like that, you know, we have passion for riding and that's kind of something that like we just recently kind of, you know, started this new, uh, it's called the fly machine factory.com. And, and we just kind of launched this new website and a new Instagram handle for it. And just really to kind of not talk about racing, let's just talk about good times, you know, the heritage of the, of the brand, let's just go riding, let's go off-road riding. And so we did this, you know, episode one on uh, the flymachinefactory.com was this thing we did called Riding with Wolves. And we we, uh, we went out and went riding with uh, the Wolf Enduro crew who are, you know, have a pretty big following on Instagram. And it's just a bunch of guys that just love to ride their dirt bikes. And, you know, I'm like, man, this is, this is what it's about. This is what most people ride dirt bikes for. And I don't care if you're you're racing or what, it's it's the feeling that you get of, you know, whether it's the feeling of flight that you get when you're, you know, cresting over a, you know, a hill or, or whatnot and the speed you get and just the adrenaline. And so, you know, it's just something for us that, you know, that's in in our bloodline, right? So it's just uh, something that I think, you know, we really can show that we do ride and we share the same passion as our customers and we want to hear their stories too, you know, it's it's important for us and that, you know, we keep our, our heads to the ground and keep focusing on making really good product and uh, having fun at the same time. So from from the very I think as far as I'm I've known your involvement with uh, with FMF obviously you've been around it your entire life you've always gravitated over to the the marketing side a little bit of a flair for it a little bit of a taste for what pe- what people are going to like and what people are going to relate to um, like you'd mentioned the, the everyman and it, it's amazing that like a brand can really become like like uh, uh, not the the elite of the elite and the the the, the the exhaust system of of those that want to uh, put put a, a case of beer away every other night. Like, how do you how do you balance that? How do you create something that is relatable to everyone in that sense? Because uh, that's extremely hard to do because uh, we, we seem so segregated these days. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, marketing is something that I've always been super passionate. I think it just comes from you know, wanting to go to the races when I was, when I was younger, um, you know, when I kind of first started, you know, full-time after high school with my dad, you know, that's kind of something I wanted to do is go to the races. Like I, I remember going to Supercross or, you know, an outdoor with my dad and, you know, everyone wanted to talk to him the whole time. And I'm like, dad, come on, can we go? Like, I don't want to sit around here, you know, all day and, and, you know, flash forward, you know, I'm, I'm walking around and people, you know, are talking to me and I just enjoy talking to people. And, you know, I think, you know, it's kind of hard to say, but I, I think people see that and they see that we're just average people that, that, you know, have a knack for doing something good and, you know, but we also have fun doing it. And I think it's hard, you know, like to differentiate between, you know, marketing that you can do, you know, all over the place. I mean, it's something that we have to do. And, and luckily my dad is 
able to and, and lets me, you know, make all the decisions for, for the marketing, whether it's on the event side or what, you know, but we, we focus a lot on off-road, which I think a lot of people don't, and that's really important for us is the, the off-road segment. But then, you know, you also have to have your Supercross teams and guys that are winning championships and racing at that level. And so it's just a little bit of doing everything, and it's, it's really hard to put your finger on what's working. Um, you know, you just kind of – you got to have a feel for it. And I, I just – I think it's just over time, it's just something that kind of – you know, you kind of know what, what's working, you know, and what's not. And some of this is a long – you know, you do, you do something, you spend, you spend money on something, and you don't really see a return for, for a while. So sometimes you can get discouraged, but – you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, you got to just keep the, the brand out there in front of people and, you know, passing out stickers and, and having them put the, that FMF logo on their Ford envelope and, and go from there. That's definitely helped out over the years. Uh, many, uh, many a panel van with, uh, with Ford logos covered up with the, uh, the, the, the FMF. Um, from from a, from our marketing standpoint, you like that logo has has never changed. Uh, there's been different renditions of it as far as like kind of throwbacks or uh, and stuff like that. Like, what do you think is so special about that particular logo, the colors of it, and how it kind of relates to the brand? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's always been red and yellow. Like you said, there there has been some renditions over the years, and it's gotten maybe a little you know, a little squished down to make it a little bit more racy looking for this day and age. But, uh, you know, we've, we've also thrown it back with the uh, the old school, just, you know, football look. But the, the colors remain the same, and I think it's, uh, you know, it, it's it's who we are. I mean, you think of FMF, you think of red and yellow, and, you know, and sometimes it doesn't go along with, with a motorcycle. And, you know, people want to be like, well, you know, our bike's blue and this, and we kind of want we were thinking about putting your logo in black and white and we're like, ah, man, that's not going to work. You know, you, it's got to be red and yellow. Like that's what, that's what stands out for us. That's what we're known for. And, you know, so there's that, you know, it's sometimes it's tough, but you know, you got to just fight through those little battles and, but it's important because that's our heritage, right? I mean, everyone knows this as being the red and yellow company and, you know, just so happens, you know, when, uh, when Big D was designing the logo back in the day, you know, it, he, he knew, Red and yellow were, were prominent colors that people don't forget. And, you know, people might not know what FMF is, but you show them a sticker and they're like, yeah, I've seen that somewhere. And that's, uh, that's pretty neat when you can say that about your, your brand and your logo. For sure. Brand recognition is definitely uh, a present with FMF. And they always say that uh, about half of your advertising budget is wasted. The only problem is you don't know which half, so you just got to go out and do, do the best to, uh, to allocate those funds. Um, I, like to, totally my bad right off the hop congratulations on the east title uh with uh with zach osborne way too cool but on top of that i believe if i'm not mistaken uh everyone in the top five at all the gncc's for the last oh i don't know year or so <laughs> but it definitely this last weekend was was fmf as well so uh, uh congratulations on that as well yeah i mean like i said we just we just kind of touched base on it but you know off-road uh, for us is huge you know so we we not only sponsor all the major series um, from the Northeast all the way down, you know, here in California and Southwest. Um, so, you know, that's really important. And, you know, it's uh, these guys are no joke, man. You get you get guys like Caleb Russell, and they just up the, the whole off-road game, like Caleb Robert, Caleb Russell. I mean, the stuff that they're doing for three hours at a time, and, and it's just it's pretty remarkable. I mean, for people that haven't been to a, an off-road race that maybe think that, you know, motocross, 
or Supercross is the only thing to go to. I mean, go check out an Enduro Cross or a GNCC, and you'll you'll be pretty blown away about how fast these guys can go through these type of conditions that they're they're faced with. And like I said, in, in a GNCC or a National Heron Hound, they're they're racing at the same speed for about three hours long, which is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I relate it su- similar as to uh, motocross racers, off-road guys, although, like, my, I, I don't have the skill set to go into the trees and go that fast. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't come out with, with knuckles or a head on my shoulders, but uh, I, I compare it to the same way that football players see rugby guys. Like, football players think they're pretty tough, but they wouldn't dare step on a rugby field. And uh, it's very similar to, to the way off-road is, man. Those guys, breakneck speeds, rocks, trees you name it roots uh like it, it it's it's serious man sport out there and also uh uh ding, dings up a, a few uh tune pipes here and there as well so uh, uh i guess that's a good thing for you guys <laughs> I'm, su- I'm surprised you didn't try to relate it to hockey and you went rugby well my my, my girlfriend plays rugby and uh, i played football my entire life so and I, she, she she bugs me that i'm not nearly tough enough to play that sport so uh which is probably hey. And I hope you're not mad, but the Ducks. Just Dude, the Ducks. I watched that last yeah. night. Uh, they they knocked off. Uh, well, I, I cheer for whatever Canadian Oilers. teams left over because uh, I'm from Winnipeg. But the the Oilers, they sucked, and the uh, <laughs> the Ducks are are continuing on. We shall see for sure. Yeah, Corey Perry, Ryan get or uh, yeah yeah Ryan Getzlaff. Getzlaff. Uh, yeah, but a bunch of Canadians running your squad. Uh, there there must I be know, something right now. No kidding. Uh, well, still 55% of the NHL is Canadian, so there's, there's usually a, a good chance that there's a, there's plenty of uh, of Canadian talent in there. But uh, yeah, like um, t- totally cool that you guys are, are super supportive of uh, of off road. I think that uh, getting kind of back to that Zach Osborne thing, uh, he he definitely I think part of his his championship bonus or whatever is that he he gets to put together uh, an off road bike. So uh, that 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 in itself is pretty cool. Um, how closely do you work with some of these uh, these athletes and and like on the pro level, amateur level? Uh, I know obviously, you, like you, if you're a massive company, you guys sponsor and support uh, a stupid amount of athletes globally. But uh, how close are you with with uh, with some of the ones that uh, are like the, uh, your bigger clients or stuff like that? Yeah. Well, I mean that's that's the crazy thing. I mean, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm dating myself, but man, I've known all these kids that are, you know have or are winning championships in, you know, in the motocross or supercross world, you know, because I sponsored them all when they were amateur racers. Uh, I've been going to Loretta Lynn's for almost 20 years now. So, you know, whether it's, you know, Tomac, you know, obviously he doesn't ride for me right now, but it's still really cool for him to see, to see these kids, you know, and, and a guy like Zach Osborne, man, I, I sponsored him since he was on KTM 65 and, you know, and, and seen him go over to Europe when, when times were tough over here. And then, you know, and then he came back here and he's, you know, he was getting on factory teams here. And then, you know, when he decided he wanted to go race like some off-road stuff, the next thing you know, he's like doing the ISDE and getting along with all these off-road guys. And it, I mean, that's, that's pretty neat. Like he's one of those guys that, that can put that, that link together between off-road and, and uh, motocross. But, you know, it, it is neat. You know, I have a really good relationship with a lot of our top, our top guys and, and not even top guys. You know, I just, I love going to the races. I, you know, I don't travel as much as I used to, but I still feel like I travel a lot. So, um, you know, we got uh, Hangtown and Glen Helen coming up. I'll be, in, you know, going over to uh, Lommel uh, for the MXGP uh, nice. later on this year. 
So, you know, I think it's, you know, you got to be out and about. And, you know, as, as much as I tell myself, I'm, I'm not traveling as much anymore. I always end up traveling seems like more, but you know, it's, it's what keeps, uh, I feel like, you know, keeps that relationship going between uh, myself and the rider and, you know, they're going to remember that when uh, when they're up on the podium and, and they're going to remember a company like FMF for, you know, for being involved and, and helping them get to where they are. But, uh, you know, yeah, you get you get your 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 kids that uh, sometimes get a uh, little a uh, little cocky and, and, you know, kind of forget where they came from. And and sometimes, you know, you have to reel them back in a little bit. But, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, motocross is a small sport. So you definitely don't want to burn bridges if you're an athlete. Oh, for sure. I've seen that uh, even in the short time that I've been covering the sport, uh, some athletes that have literally um, just uh, taken a torch to everywhere around them and they find themselves completely isolated to the point where uh, maybe they didn't burn the bridge with the person that they want to talk to, but the person that they did burn talked to the, the next guy and uh, they're not going to uh, chance that either. So uh, it's, 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 a, it's a small world out there, especially in the motocross industry. Uh, and that's actually where I wanted to go next as far as uh, like the, not maybe not the gain of support, but the loss of support. Um, uh, for anyone, if I was to ask you uh, how you'd uh, get uh, get sponsored by uh, FMF, I'm, I'm sure you'd probably give me a uh, send in a resume, some get get some great results. But say you you did say like an athlete got some some serious support from FMF, how would they go about uh, jeopardizing that, or how could they have it pulled away? I think it works both ways. You know, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's happened to me where I'm, you know, I've been someplace and I've seen kids that like get no help, but like, man, like you can obviously tell that the kids got insane skills and, you know, I've been around the sport long enough to kind of see what is standing out. And, you know, sometimes it's great because they've got a, a really good family behind them and you're like, man, I got, I want to get behind this kid because, you know, yeah, they might not have all the, all the money in the world, but like the kid's ripping and he's, he's on an older bike and the family's rad. And then you, then you get the people that have everything given to them and the parents are, are jerks. And, you know, the kids, the kid might be a jerk because he's getting everything handed to him. And, you know, so, I mean, for me, I've never really necessarily kicked anyone off, off of our, our team or anything like that. I mean, I've, for, for any reason, I've, you know, let them know what's going on and how they're going to jeopardize themselves in the sport if they keep going, if they keep going down this path. And I think, you know, they tend to listen because, you know, I have been around for, for a while or, or know plenty of people in the industry that they definitely don't want to piss me off. Um, but, you know, it has happened in the past, you know, where you get those phone calls like, hey, what do you think about this guy? I'm thinking about maybe signing him or whatever. And I just be like, well, you know, you're using our product. And if, if I'm going to be a sponsor of this program, then I don't think that's a good idea because, you know, he's burnt me in the past and he'll probably do the same thing to, to you guys. And they're like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Thanks for the input. <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't happen, doesn't happen very often, but it has happened. Yeah. Well, I, it's good that people do uh, uh, appreciate your opinion and respect that and, uh, and take that at face value that if you, you don't like the, the vibe of somebody or uh, what, whatever they had done in the past was uh, kind of a, I wouldn't say unforgivable, but definitely it's not, not something that you want to have to go through again, uh, they would take that and, uh, and move forward with it accordingly. And then that's kind of pretty cool. Um, we're going to throw it to commercial break right now. Uh, of course, this is pre-recorded, so uh, we're not going to have to sit on commercial, but uh, we'll be right back after these messages, most likely from a brand like Bill's Pipes. 
FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at flyracing.com. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Jaffe, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Culture's clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day, so we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well... You better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly, then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, talon and kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels.
Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you can have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today. And never settle. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast here with Donnie Emler Jr. Little D. Uh, we're off commercial break. People have heard all about how awesome a particular brand is uh, within that commercial break. Uh, I know you're a big fan of uh, one of the guys over there. Uh, he has a great tan, and I like him as well. Um, let's, uh, let's talk two strokes. I love two-strokes. I'm a two-stroke guy. The reason why I still ride two-strokes is I can't, for the life of me, figure out how to work on a four-stroke. And uh, I'm balling on a budget, my friend. I want my bike to look look and sound and be awesome, but I don't want to nearly pay as much uh, for it as, uh, say, one of those four-stroke fans do so. But uh, got some exciting uh, things down coming up in the next couple of weeks. But looking back only a a month ago, uh, the – FMF 
two-stroke national. It was I think it was the third or fourth year running it. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of it's coming at different times of the year or whatever. But super super cool. I, I'm a huge fan of it. Tell me a little bit about how that's um, developed over the years and how although like anyone who builds exhaust systems is pumped that uh, the two strokes have kind of come a little bit of a, a resurgence. But it takes another it's another thing when a company kind of grabs hold of that and says not only are they going to come back but we're going to make them like we're going to kind of like infuse that and we're going to build that up and uh, kind of help ourselves out that way. I mean, that's what we love about the marketing, you know, aspect and, and the freedom that my dad gives me, but it's, it really comes down to like, man, Hey, if GNCC, if you're thinking about doing a, a 125 class, like I want to be a part of it. So how, how can I help you guys promote this? You know, they can, they, they came out with a, an XC3 class this year. It's only 125 and you get guys like, Paul Wibley that are like, well, I'm retired, but I'm going to come out and race this thing because I love racing still. I love being competitive, but I just don't want to go rip a 450 for three hours. Let me get on a 125. And, you know, that that class is growing. You know, we do one up at Mammoth Motocross. You know, so it's it's just really cool, like, when, when places say, like, hey, we want to get on board. Like, you know, how can we get involvement from FMF, and I'm like, man, if you're doing a two-stroke race, like, I'm all for it. I'm behind it. And, you know, we were we were talking to some of the outdoor national tracks, and, you know, like, Hangtown wanted to do one. Washougal did one last year. And, and instead of, we were like, instead of, like, just doing your own thing, like, why don't we, like, really bring this together and really create, like, a series out of it and see where it can go? You know, it's a, it's a big deal over in the MXGPs. Like, all the kids have to kind of come through the 125 ranks. I think it's brilliant. They don't have to go from an 85 to a 250F, you know, where all of a sudden, like you said, parents can't work on the, on the bike anymore. The cost just goes three times as much, maybe more, you know. And uh, so that's something I think is really needs to focus here on, in, in the U.S. And I think a lot of, like, a lot of places are a little scared to do it because they're like, well, only three manufacturers make a 125, you know. Well, that's not your fault as a promoter, you know, like they, if they want to get involved more then they should, they should think about that. But, you know, if we're trying to grow the sport, this is a better way to do it, to get people to go from an 85 CC two stroke to a 125 and get that big bike skill down. But uh, long story short, you know, we put together a series with, uh, with the MX sports crew and uh, the 125 dream race. And it's called the FMF 125 triple crown and this will be right before moto ones um we're starting off at hangtown next week and then uh the second rounds in uh lakewood colorado and then the third round will be later in the season at washougal and man you should see how quick once we once we announce this and you know we had entries just pouring in um you know we're gonna have 40 man gate right before the national there's gonna be on race day on race day, people are going to be freaking out. These all these 125s ripping down the start, up the hills. I mean, it's going to be really, really cool. And I'm I'm so stoked that we that uh, we're doing this, and and people are having, you know, killer feedback. I mean, it was so so quick. It spread like wildfire. KCM Husky uh, Husqvarna calling like, how do we get involved? Like, we want to get contingency. We want to talk about an overall winner, you know, prize. So it's been it's been fun, you know. I mean, it's Things like this, you know, it's it's great to put the FMF name on it, but you know, I would do it regardless, just because it's it's good for our sport, and it's I think it's something that brings a, a new storyline uh, to to the sport of motocross. 
Absolutely, and I, I think that uh, this gives the not only uh, the the fans something else to watch, but guys like myself something else to talk about. Like the obviously the the, the four motos that the ra- the pros will race on uh, on Saturday is the main event, but uh, I, I would venture to say that uh, most media people personnel will be talking about this particular moto every bit as much as they will the 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 actual motos that will the the that are for the for all the marbles so to speak and uh i absolutely love it uh i have a two a 125 two stroke the thing is crazy fun to, to ride and uh it, it's like I, I didn't feel that way when i first went to from an 80 to a 125 like feeling like it had very little uh like as, not as nearly as much jam as my uh, my 252 stroke but i i absolutely love getting on my 125 just wringing its neck and just like uh, you, you almost never get tired on the damn thing because they weigh nothing they roll into the corners they never really jump out of your hands unless it's maybe got an fmf exhaust on it and uh <laughs> And uh, they're they're just too much fun, and they sound fun. Uh, if you're slow as balls, you just feather the clutch more, and you and you still things still sounds like you're going 100 miles an hour. And uh, like I think that that is the true true essence of this sport: just uh, mixing the gas as lean as you can, feathering that clutch, and just abusing that sucker. Because I'm almost 200 pounds on a 125 two-stroke is kind of a big ask, but uh, I absolutely love it. And uh, if if I could ever uh, get on the line for uh, for one of one of those races coming up, uh, whether it be Lakewood or, or Washougal, um, I would be just like I'd be in dead last place, grinning ear to ear, probably getting lapped by yeah. uh, David uh, David Pingry uh, and all those guys. So do you, do you know who who some of the the marquee guys are going to be? I imagine that uh, Carson or is it Carson Brown? Yeah. Um, so we have a. Uh, I know Michael Sleater's is going to do Hangtown. For sure, uh, I think Pingree. I think Pingree's doing uh, Colorado and Washington, uh, or Washougal. Um, there's talks that uh, Pro Circuit's going to be building a bike for Josh Hansen. Um, so it's cool because you know, you know, how many 125s does Pro Circuit maybe still have laying around from their race day, right? Like, why not? Right? Why not, not freshen one up and, and give it to one of these guys to go out there and try to win? You know, it's like bring it on. Like, hey, you know, Bill's pipes you know, Yoshimura, whatever, like get a guy, put him on a bike, you know, come out and let, let's have some fun. I mean, we're doing this for the sport. Like, I don't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It's like, man, come on out. Like I want the more, the more the merrier and the, and the bigger that we can make this between the industry is that's all I'm asking for. Absolutely. No, I, I think this, this gets people buzzing. This gets people thinking about those machines that have basically been, been put away. Most people don't really even consider a 125 because they don't really see it flying the way that they used to. Like, they're just like, oh, that's like a, like kind of a transitionary bike or that's for like a, uh, like for, a a younger younger athlete from going from 80 to eventually get onto a big bike. But I, I'm a huge fan of them. Uh, the fact that you literally, as like when I was on, my 85 was steel frame carbureted two stroke smaller bike then you go to a 125 and you had like still a steel frame still carbureted a little bit bigger and still a two stroke so it was basically just kind of a graduation as far as the size you like you, you're probably way too big for your 80 i know i was like the uh, atv handlebars and uh, and probably some uh, extensions on top of that to keep me on there thanks dad uh but um and then eventually onto the 125 seamless but now you see kids full-blown 85 
like if if they're lucky to get on a big wheel package, maybe they could stay on a little bit longer. But now you go from that to full size motorcycle, alu- or a, yeah, aluminum frame fuel injected and those things breathe fire especially if they have an fmf exhaust system on them so um like the the like that that's to me that's crazy because because like you it's the whole it's a completely different like you literally one kid like some kids they ride the same the road both bikes in the same day i know man i have to deal with it all the time and i feel bad for these you know the parents because they they want to be competitive and to be competitive on a 250f this day and age i mean you're spending 10 grand on a motor you know and that motor and then they pop yeah the motor's only gonna last you 15 hours and you gotta replace a bunch of stuff that the the dad doesn't know how to do and um so it is you know a little bit of a bummer but you know four strokes do have a great purpose and uh you know whether it's off-road riding or you know motocross it's, it's great i mean yeah, the kids are going a lot faster. I mean, it's just progression of the sport, and it's you know it's going to happen. You know, in any sport where where the they equipment make, gets better, they make but look good. yeah, but I think I still think. I mean, you watch some of the the old you know older motos. You know, with whether it's you know Ryan Hughes and some of those guys. You know, just Wyndham. I mean, when they were racing at 125, I mean, it was so fun to to watch. I mean, because it actually took a ton of skill to get around a motocross track and keep your momentum going. Um, that you know, it's this day and age. You just twist the throttle and and pin it. You know, where before you know to get over a supercross triple on a 125, if you didn't do the rhythm section or the whoop section perfect, you were only doubling. And yeah, no, you know, now, now it's like they go out in the first lap and they're they're hucking the triple, no problem. And you know, they can you know seat bounce the thing out of a corner and still clear the triple. I mean, it's just the way our sports progress. But I. I think, you know, in some ways it, it, it could hurt the sport because from a person looking in, like, you know, I don't ever have the money to, you know, put my kids through that, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, it, uh, sometimes it, it could, it could hinder us more than, more than help us because, uh, uh, our sport can be, you know, fairly expensive to be competitive at, at that amateur uh, level. But, you know, just like anything, as soon as you start taking anything serious, whether it's, club soccer or, you know, hockey or whatever, I mean, you're going to be traveling, you're going to be spending money, but, uh, yeah, our sport's great at the same time and, and has uh, so much to offer and, and keep kids out of trouble, and I think that's uh, something that a lot of people, you know, forget. You know, it is a dangerous sport, but, man, it, does it keep kids out of out of trouble at, uh, you know, school, and, and, you know, I think that's one of the things, like, you know, keeping the kids occupied these days, and now that I have a, have a son, you know, I'm like, man, it's, you know, it's crazy out there in this world and, and, uh, you, you want to keep your kids, uh, you know, safe as much as possible. And, um, you know, but having them have something that they love is uh, something that I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, to riding with my son and, and seeing that, that same smile that I still get when I ride my, my motorcycle, you know, and that's how I grew up, you know, riding off road with my dad. And, um, you know, so I'm looking forward to it. It's, uh, everything's, it's on the up and up, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the brand is, uh, stronger than ever. And, and, you know, we really, pre- really appreciate all, all the fans and the customers that, that make us, you know, who we are for sure. 
Absolutely. And uh, now before I let you go, I want to know how can uh, can fans and listeners and uh, em- embracers of the FMF brand pull themselves closer to it? How can they engage with the brand uh, FMF, whether that be on race day, at these nationals, or through social media, or uh, uh, dialing you up and begging and pleading for a, a tour of the awesome facility down in Compton? I was going to say, you can let me know what you think, but I was going to post a photo of, uh, of Osborne and Savachi and, and say, uh, let, let me know. Let's hear what the, the fans uh, think about this uh, on our social media page. Yes. But, uh, what do you think People about that? People love opinions. Yeah. In 2017. What, you, what, what was your opinion on that? I thought it was uh, it's it's for a championship. You do it you whatever you uh you can to get that championship. When you've been waiting that long, you don't like uh how much regret that uh, Osborne would have if he didn't pull that move. And I think the reason why it was so spectacular is because uh, because up until about maybe two seconds or maybe half a second before it happened, Joey Savacci had no idea. It was the total element of surprise. So all of a sudden, uh, he grabs a handful of throttle, the bike gets flipped out from under him, and that's why he's looking up the track to be like, who was that? Oh, that's that guy that I can't have past me right now. And, uh, like, I was totally fine with it. It's racing, and uh, on, like if, if if Zach Osborne wants me to uh, chip in for uh, to cover a little bit of that uh, uh, that fine they gave him, I'd be glad to. Yeah, I don't see uh, Zach paying that. I think uh, Husky would gladly write that oh, yeah. check for him, um, Easy. especially uh, how upset the other side was. But I'm in the same boat. You know, I mean, uh, both both guys are obviously great, great racers. But, you know, it's the guy that wanted it the most that night, and you could see the determination from crashing the first corner and being that far down. I mean, most people would just kind of give up, and you see the way he rode was – the way you want to win a uh, championship and nothing's going to stand in your way at that point. Like, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, it's for a championship. These guys, they get paid to do what they do. They get paid to win. They get, there's a lot of money on the line for, for them and the the race teams that spend a lot of money. And at that point, you know, if the, the shoe were on the other foot, I mean, you would expect it to be done to him as he did it to Joey. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a, a huge fan of, of Zach's, even more so with the, the with how much heart he wrote, and I don't think anyone should be able to deny him of saying that that was a, a dirty move when when he was that far back and made that, that much ground because oh, yeah. he wasn't he wasn't well, going to give up and and it's just heart and determination, you know. Totally, and maybe I can throw throw this at you. What if? Uh, Zach Osborne was riding up to Joey Savacci and seeing how badly he was choking in the situation, and the hit was more of like a pat on the back to see if he could get that chicken bone out of his throat because, uh, um, like, for all intents and purposes, Joey Savacci, and, like, I, I hope he doesn't listen to this, and if he does, I'm sorry, Joey, but he was choking like no tomorrow, uh, that particular moto, so... Um, like it, it was Joey's race to win. The guy was like the, the were they in seventh place at the time. Like that's a not a Joey Savacci esque ride to begin with. So I, I don't think he was too too. Uh, he can be too upset about it. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, in those moments you're going to see who can rise to be a champion, and you can see who uh, might not be able to. And I yeah. think uh, you know Joey's now lost the championship uh, three times. You know, in in the last. Uh, year from uh, outdoors to uh, Supercross last year with Cooper Webb. Um, so, you know, I think uh, obviously there's a ton of talent there. Um, he's a good kid, I think. Uh, but 
like I said, uh, the, the true champion wanted it more that night. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Donnie Emler Jr. on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. I have to insist that you become a, a repeat offender. I want to chat about that dream race or the uh, the first round of the Triple Crown after uh, after this or two weekends uh, from now uh, uh, in, in Hangtown. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, enlightening us on all things FMF as well as uh, just a little bit of bench racing here, man. It's always lots of fun to chat with you. Um, final thoughts and where can people uh, find you on social media yeah man i think uh it's, it's great to come on uh you know i, I love doing stuff like this I, it's it's good to uh you know hopefully let people you know hear a little bit of the inside of fmf but then just you know hear that you know that i or, or my dad were just you know average guys that like to ride dirt bikes and i think that's uh basically what it comes down to is be able to bench race and, and talk shop and you know, you can definitely find out more, um, you know, fmfracing.com, obviously, but uh, follow us uh, at fmf73. And like I mentioned, we just uh, launched a new kind of a grassroots, full organic uh, little movement at uh, at Slime Machine Factory. And so you can check that out if you want to see some cool fo- older photos, kind of some stuff that we've done with the Wolf Enduro crew, uh, you can check out uh, that new that new episode of Flying Machine Stories, and uh, we got some uh, episode two. I think you'll like it. Involves a little bit of two strokes. So um, stay tuned, guys, and thanks again uh, for for having me on and, and and listen to me ramble. Awesome, man! Keep mixing gas, hauling ass, and we'll have you on uh, have you on again, my friend. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks.
Oh, <laughs> 